everyone. This is Alexandra Perry, and you are listening to Investing After Hours, a Wealth Daily podcast. I am here today with our penny stocks expert, Alex Koifman, who has been on the podcast before. Alex, how are you? I'm good, Allie. Nice to be here. Today, we were going to talk about you have a new product out, and you have two other products or premium publications that we've spoken about before, Penny Stock Millionaire and First Call. Correct. And this is kind of a product that, does it fall in between the two, or is it? No, it falls um, sort of completely away from both of them. It's a a more mainstream product. Uh, It doesn't exclude necessarily penny stocks, but it mostly focuses on bigger companies. So it's for the more... I would say uh, mainstream casual investor. Why don't you take a second and tell us about what the publication is, what's the name, what's the goal, and what can investors expect coming into it? Okay. So it's called New Century Report, uh, NCR for short, here at Angel. The inspiration behind it um, was the current political instability that we sort of feel in this country and around the world, I think. Uh, The idea is we're not so much trying to invest in fear and stuff like that. We're trying to invest in flux and political flux. And so that flux inevitably drives certain sectors. And uh, I think we can pinpoint them with a fairly high degree of accuracy. And that was it. Uh, It was kind of a no brainer. Whenever you have salient factors like that at play, it's just a good idea to figure out where they're going and use them to your advantage. So that was the inspiration behind NCR. Uh, The sectors that we focus on are extremely varied. It's basically anything that would be directly driven by some of the the things going on today, some of the events. And uh, what I've seen already in the portfolio and what's going to be coming up in the near future are stocks dealing with defense, construction, even things like farm equipment and renewable energy. So uh, fairly wide uh, spectrum. A focus. And would you say the risk is high or medium? I would say that the risk should be medium to medium low at at worst, because these companies, for the most part, are are I would say uh, medium cap. We have a couple of smaller cap ones in there, but I'm actually about to recommend an ETF. So, um, you know, the risk is mostly consolidated, and it's nothing too radical. I'm kind of asking that more for, we have a very wide range of investors that are interested in buying products. So if maybe you're just beginning to invest, this might be a product for you because of the wide span of stocks and also for the low risk. I think so, yeah. Uh, you know, for people who are risk averse or just are beginners, they, they would probably find this to be a compelling thing to look at. So what is the amount of time that you expect before the stocks become or make a profit? Yeah, for me, I definitely have um, shorter time frames on most of my recommendations. For NCR specifically, um, there isn't too much precedent for how long we keep them open. It's too new. We haven't closed any positions out yet. One of the positions is up uh, 50% or even over 50%, so it technically could be closed for a good gain, but I think it's still got a long ways to go. So I would say, um, just intuitively, maybe between 6 and 12 months on average, but... uh, you can't hold me to that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it depends on the market, but it's nice to kind of have a time frame to think of when you're thinking about how long it'll take for something to become valuable. At least your subscription will become valuable. When did you guys launch NCR? Because I was trying to figure out how long that particular stock that's up 50% has been in the portfolio. Oh, okay. Uh, we launched it, 
I would say about three and a half weeks ago, and that's how long the stock has been in the portfolio. And uh, we just managed to nail the recommendation right before a major news release. It was a major milestone for the company. And so since then, it's been rallying, heavy volume, uh, going up steadily. And I think it's still just the beginning. Honestly, this, this particular company has the potential to go up uh, an order of magnitude in the next year to year and a half. And I want to be there for every bit of it. So NCR is kind of this publication that will focus on protecting you or safeguarding or companies that benefit from either protecting, safeguarding, providing resources in times of political turbulence. Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it uh, because it's not just companies that are going to build, you know, the next the next wonder weapon that our military uses or you know, build the border wall with Mexico. It's also companies that build stuff that I think people are personally going to be investing in to make their lives more independent of the power grid, for example, just more prepared for any particular social turmoil that might come with the political turmoil. So yes, uh, I would say protection and safeguarding of your assets, uh, your physical assets, even your physical being. So you say from an analyst perspective, you saw growth in that market and you saw that there was something there that would make investors profits. But from a personal perspective, is there something that kind of appeals to you about investing in that lifestyle? Yeah, it does. Uh, I kind of live that way myself. I, I moved away from the city. I try to be completely self-sufficient so that if the power goes off tomorrow, I, I won't really be suffering too much and I'll at the very least survive. So yeah, that's kind of been a personal philosophy of mine for a while now. And I don't think that that really drove uh, the inception of this publication that much. It was mostly that I saw an immediate, um, an immediate situation that can be exploited, but it does, it does align with my personal beliefs as well. So yes. So answer. if you were to walk into your house, do you feel like there would be products there that you would suggest or companies that have provided products that you personally own for that self-sufficiency? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a lot of stuff in my house that uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, urban dwelling people would think are, you know, the hallmarks of a paranoid human being. But, um, you know, uh, I don't see any any loss in, in being prepared at all. But yeah, I would say if you walk through my basement, especially, or my garage, you would see a lot of stuff that most people don't have. But where I live, they're fairly commonplace. So... Obviously, New Century Report is a publication that covers a very wide spread of stocks, which actually makes it very unique to our publications, because a lot of our publications tend to focus on either technology or um, we have people that focus exclusively on marijuana, and they've come onto the podcast and they've talked about that. What I kind of wanted to talk about was break down the sectors or the areas that you're seeing growth and these companies developing the private, which is more like private schools and private companies, um, individuals, which are like what you mentioned in your house, um, what people are doing and products they're buying and companies that are fueling that kind of self-sufficiency, and then the government. And, you know, we're talking about contracting and creating of weapons or building walls and um, those kind of things. So I wanted to first talk about the private sector, because you actually published an article back in a few months ago about schools that are basically buying this one technology that will detect guns before they get onto the campus or right. actively pose a threat. 
Uh, yeah, that's actually a really cool company. Unfortunately, I can't mention their name because it's a, it's in two of the other newsletters. But uh, this is a company that uh, they they mastered a sort of smart metal detector that is capable of distinguishing between uh, an object that's potentially deadly and just something innocuous, like a watch, for example. So uh, they build it in a way that you can't even you don't even know that you're walking through this thing. And so what happens is if you walk through and you have nothing on you, nothing happens. If you walk through and try to get a knife or a gun or a bomb through, then the idea is you're immediately tackled by a bunch of security people and they already know that you're a threat. There is no patting you down at that point. Um, Very interesting company. It's in uh, very early stages of development right now, but their product is already getting orders. Uh, They're doing pilot programs down in Florida, uh, places like synagogues and schools. Like you said, specifically, those are kind of their big target markets. But as you can tell, you know, just from the recent events in the UK, that you can, any any place where uh, large crowds gather would be a perfect, a perfect uh, usage of this technology. And, you know, very timely also. So, um, that's uh, I suppose that addresses the the public security demand for private security. You know, private uh, well-being, that kind of thing. We look at uh, things like firearms manufacturers and maybe producers of small diesel engines, uh, power generators for your home, things like that. Uh, these are these are kind of uh, large-ticket items for for small buyers, essentially. And there are a slew of companies that do all that stuff, and I think they're going to be getting more and more attention as we move forward. And then finally, your biggest uh, your biggest prong would be the government, and of course, those are the major defense contractors. And uh, I can mention them by name because everybody knows them. There's Lockheed Martin, which is the biggest one in the world, and Boeing. Uh, producers of things like the THAAD missile system, which is the uh, terminal high altitude area defense missile, which is designed, it's basically uh, an anti-ICBM system. And right now with North Korea doing some saber rattling, that's very, very topical, I think. I don't know how big the need is, but the thing is if there's paranoia, then the paranoia, especially if there's mass paranoia, it's going to give the government an opening to spend more money on this kind of thing. That's what they want to do. That's what Lockheed and Boeing want to have happen. So, And since Trump came into power, we have seen an actual significant uptick in both of those stocks. So just an example, tip of the iceberg, but there's, there's a lot to look at in all three of these. Areas. Do you think maybe I think government is the most interesting to me personally, just because it seems like where the most of the spending would be. Private individuals can spend a lot of money, and a company can do very well through providing to private individuals. Like Tesla is a good example with the Powerwall, where demand is high, sure. even if it hasn't been met yet. But the idea that you could kind of have this product in your own house that will make you sufficient and take you off the grid creates sure. enough demand, demand that people are willing to pay high prices for that. But when it comes to the government, these are products that are being used often probably in everyday security, both like homeland security and international security for United States citizens. And um, do you think that paranoia alone will power that market? Like, we don't need to go to, to war for that market to boom. It's Well, I would hope not. I mean, you know, paranoia alone powered the biggest weapons buildup in human history during the Cold War. We, we never exchanged any missiles with the Soviets. But, it, you know, it drove the space race. It drove uh, the arms race in, on, you know, in every part of 
of that sector, everything. And the technological advances made from from that bull market were also unprecedented. But, you know, the trade-off is, you know, you have a government which is a huge spender and they spend trillions, but they're also doing it with companies that are already worth hundreds of billions of dollars. So you're not going to, for the most part, you're not going to get, uh, you know, like 10x returns on a lot of these companies. You're going you're gonna to get decent marginal returns on an annual basis because there's just a prolonged, maybe even infinite uh, uptick in, in spending. But that's also what makes these investments safer. And of course, that's what appeals to the less, the more risk averse investors. So do you think the government sector, those stocks are more stable than the ones that are supplying to the private sector? For the most part, yes, uh, absolutely. Unless you get some kind of crazy little uh, subcontractor that's building something that blows up in the industry, uh, you know, just becomes a sector onto itself. And I did have a company that I recommended to Penny Stock Millionaire that was just like that. They specialized in underwater drone technology, which they say is the next big thing. And this is a tiny, tiny company, and hopefully it'll get absorbed. But again, you know, uh, this this product isn't for for the, that kind of investor. So try to focus on the bigger ones. So, do you think that these companies are too big to see dynamic growth in anymore? Like, would you have to invest? I don't know necessarily what the stock price of a defense contractor would be, but do you think that there'll be enough growth to satisfy most investors? Um. I don't know what satisfies most investors. I think that they will outperform the general market with any of the macro defense contractors for sure. I think that they might be happier with something like an ETF, which leverages those gains. But of course, it also leverages the losses. So you have a little bit of a balance that you have to that you have to strike there. Do you ever see overlap between the public and the government sector in regards to products that are being produced? So companies that are kind of growing from both, for, for supplying both areas? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and one example uh, that's not in the portfolio yet and maybe in the future is the one that we already talked about, the Smart Weapons Detection Technology Company. Uh, that would definitely, you know, uh, it would be in a private school just as it would be in a public school. So, you know, there you have it right there. But another very interesting one that isn't a portfolio is a company that makes a long-range hailing device that's essentially an audio laser it concentrates sound into a narrow beam, and uh, it's used to disperse crowds or just give commands from a distance. So this thing is mainstream enough that it's already been on TV. Uh, it's been used on uh, things like cruise ships uh, that are going through heavily pirated waters, for example, and uh, you know it dissuades pirates from approaching the ship. Uh, it's also used by police forces. So you have both private and government um, contracts for this company, uh, which, of course, you know, gives them a lot more leverage, a lot more visibility, and, you know, room for growth in the future. It's also a small company, so hopefully we'll see some gains there. Why not? There's more, there's more dynamic growth in more specialized companies, and if their specialty all of a sudden gets, it gets uh, a huge boost in popularity because there's some sort of paradigm shifting factor in the market then uh, then yeah you see you see it growing by leaps and bounds and uh, you know the bigger the company is the more diversified it is the less of a chance there is for that to happen I was just curious because I'm thinking about the self-driving car movement and how much room there is for profit there but a lot of the companies that you profit from are not necessarily Apple or Google or any of the companies that are actually developing 
products. It's more of the companies that have developed super specialized technologies right. that they can then sell to the bigger companies. Sure. Um, yeah, you have companies that are making sensors uh, and various components that go into all sorts of stuff that we use every day. And it's not Apple. It's a company that's subcontracted to provide things like cameras and screens and whatnot. Um, that's not something that I even bother to think about too much when it comes to picking uh, picking stocks for NCR. If it happens, it happens. Companies like that, they tend to be smaller, which means an increase in risk. And so I just have to I have to balance what these readers are looking for. And sometimes it's not that. So Alex, before we close, it's been really great to have you come onto the podcast and talk about this new publication because it's been really exciting to work on. Um, with Thank you, you as always. As always, I, I like the topics in this one. It's a little bit more fun than something. A lot of the blue chips, or when you're looking at companies that are like these companies are producing products that are cool, and a lot of individuals find them cool. So that's interesting to investors. But I kind of wanted to ask you exactly what a subscriber can expect to get when they sign up. Okay, um, so the subscriber will get access to all of the reports that are currently uh, detailing the companies in the portfolio. And we're still very early in the game, so there are only a couple of those. Uh, They'll also get uh, reports that don't deal with uh, investing at all. It's more lifestyle-type stuff. Um, There's one right now that discusses uh, if you had to limit yourself to a certain number of guns that you had to buy, and specifically calibers of guns, which would it be to make the most efficient use of your money? So things like that. Uh, it's mostly still investing, but I like to throw in a little bit of the personal lifestyle stuff because I think that's an integral part of the whole philosophy. So there you have it. Would you say that people can learn how to be self-sufficient as a side benefit of New Century Report? I, I would hope so. That's the idea. You know, um, I want to I want to educate people that want to be educated, and this uh, comes from years of personal experience. So, and. The years of personal experience can be rather pricey in some of these hobbies, so yeah. I save people the trouble. Do you have a story from living out there about either a product or a company that you've purchased a product from that has come in handy? Uh, yeah, I have bears living where I live, so there are a lot of products that come in handy on a regular basis. Is bear mace a product that comes uh, in handy? Maybe, maybe, if you want to call it that. But uh, yes, there are there are a lot of things out there. Uh, you know, I use chainsaws, I use four-wheelers, uh, and uh, I use all sorts of stuff that most people, I don't think, even think about buying. But it's it's definitely a different niche, and you can only get a feel for it if you're out there yourself so i like i like doing it and i like writing about it and i decided to make it part of this well thank you so much for coming onto the podcast um i'm going to hyperlink to new century report below the audio stream and you guys are welcome to go and check it out all this is the nice thing about this service right now is that it's new and you're kind of going to be one of the first people in on these these recommendations and as you see one of them is already up by 50 percent so the growth is starting um, and you can check out all these companies that are providing really useful tools to both big companies government companies and private individuals and hopefully learn how to be self-sufficient in the process alex thank you again for coming on thank you for having me um, and have a good night everyone